listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. This show is about making a good living and making great creative work. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. You can stay up to date with Creative Pep Talk and my creative work by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Let's jump into today's episode. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, AndyJPizza.com, if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Today's episode is about if you're feeling lost, I have a real heart for people that are really creatively talented and have great work, but for whatever reason, they're positioning themselves in the market in such a way that they're not making progress or they're knocking on the wrong doors. So if you're feeling lost in any part of your career, today's episode is for you and I hope that you find some direction and some clarity on your path uh, through this process that I'm really excited about sharing with you. I first want to just say, my goodness, holy goodness, this is uh, the the weekend. Uh, the weekend just went by, and it was the Creative Pep Rally, our first official Creative Pep Talk event. Um, that was just Creative Pep Talk, and oh my goodness, seriously, I kid you not. Friday was one of the best days of my life. It was probably the best day of my professional career, for sure. And uh, I just want to thank you guys all who took the leap to be there. I am guessing that you felt it like I did. It just felt like the most jam-packed, magical day. There were genuinely so many laughs, so many tears, so many hugs. And uh, oh my gosh, we're just cooking up what we can do next with this thing. I don't know what we're going to do, but oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I was... 
So it was so anxiety inducing the whole thing, setting it up, getting it working. My wife Sophie really dealt with so many details. Daniel Evans helped a lot too with all that jazz and uh, uh, Brad Montague and Kyle Sheely came out for the talks and Andrew Nyer came out for the after party to do the Color Me Blank show and it was, I kid you not, it just felt like so in the center of the sweet spot of creative pep talk and uh, I cannot wait to bring you another creative pep rally of some kind in the future. Um, so keep posted about that if you missed it. You did miss something truly special and it wasn't because of Dr. Pizza. It was because of all these amazing people that showed up and just brought so much love and energy. And we get, did a really um, practical Q&A where we all kind of just had a big conversation and it was just so brilliant. So thank you guys so much. I'll let you know if we do anything like that again. Um, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for all the love. I uh, just uh, love you guys. And I hope this episode really helps you. Here we go. All righty. So imagine, if you will, that your grandpappy told you a story that when he was a young man your age, uh, or if he was a young woman, if you're a woman, <laughs> uh, well, apply it however you need to, you know, based on, anyway, okay, so uh, let's just say that he's telling you this story of an adventure that when he was your age, that uh, he went on a giant expedition, an adventure. He Jack kerouac it. He got on the road. Him and his buddies jumped in a car, saved up all their pocket money, bought the maps, and they went on a giant excursion. And they went from artist colony to commune to campsite. And they just learned and they explored and they expanded their universe. And it all ended in Mexico on a beach where there were surf competitions and barbecues and just good old-fashioned good times, arcades even. I don't know. That might not fit the timeline depending on how old your grandpa is. But it was an amazing time. And on that beach, there was a fateful moment where he met your grandmother. And uh, this adventure was just epic and amazing. And it just inspired you. And so if it really, really deeply inspired you, what would you do? Well, of course, you'd go ask him to borrow the maps, ask for the numbers of his buddies, call them up, get them out there on the road, and just hit up every single one of those spots from commune to artist colony to campsite down to that amazing spot on the beach to find your soulmate. No, of course not. Of course, that is not what you would do. If this crazy excursion, uh, this insane adventure inspired you, you don't borrow the maps. That map will not lead you anywhere. Those points on the map are gone. Those destinations are over. Those roads have changed. You don't need to use a 50-year-old map. You've got all the maps you need on your phone. Of course, you're gonna jump in the car, you're gonna get on your phone, you're gonna text your three buddies, you're gonna book four Airbnbs, you're gonna go down to the latest place where people actually congregate because if you follow that map, it's gonna lead you to a ghost town, 
right? And this episode is about not trying to be your heroes. You're not going to be Bob Dylan. His time has passed. His roadmap is dead. It's a ghost town. Following in his footsteps will lead you nowhere. You need to update your maps. It's a system reboot. It's a soft, it's a new bit of software. Update the app, right? Let's make it current for you young kids out there. You know, apps, I got them on my phone. Uh, And uh, so I want to go even further. Guess what? You're not going to be third eye blind. Guess what? You're not even going to be Sufjan Stevens. Okay. Those maps need updated and so do yours. And uh, you can't use your art hero's career maps. And I'm not saying, I mean, it sounds like the opposite of that would be go your own way, man, forge your own path. But I'm not saying that because you know that I might be your art dad, but I'm also your business dad. And uh, business needs a plan. The second that you decide that you don't want to make art just as a hobby, but you'd like to make a living on it, that's the second that you're in business. And businesses do not run on happenstance. They don't run on a lottery. You don't say, I'm going into business. What's your business? Winning the lottery. No, you need a plan. You need a model, a business model, because businesses don't follow lightning. They know that lightning does not strike in the same place more than once. And I'm guessing if you're a creative person that you have lots of art models in your life. You have lots of artists that have inspired you and influenced the kind of creative work that you want to do. But the problem is a lot of you are looking to them for their business advice for how they got where they got and those waves have crashed and come down and they are where they are now because they rode a particular wave in their time or they just won the complete lottery. Either way, those are your art models and not your business models. And so what is a business model? A business model, by definition, is a design for the successful operation of a business, identifying revenue sources, customer base, products, and details of financing. My version of what that means in in our creative world, just to break that down, is pattern recognition. Looking around in your industry and seeing how people are doing their careers, not just being influenced by their creative work, not just getting obsessed with the art, but looking at the business. How have they made headway? How do they cut through the noise? How do they get up to the next level? What are the business decisions? And if you do that and you study that, you will start to notice a pattern and that pattern is a business model. And in today's episode, I want to talk about the power of knowing your models, finding models of careers that you can model yourself after and how that can act as a roadmap to success and it can prevent you from pounding on the same abandoned building doorway uh, (laughs) of your heroes, of the ghost towns. And that's what I want to talk about in today's episode. So let's do it. So the first thing you got to do is find your models. You got to go out there and study uh, your industry and you need to study other industries. Let's talk about your industry first. So the first thing you got to do is you need to go take 
a long, hard look at these questions. The first question is, who are the folks that have had the biggest breakthroughs in the past two years in your industry and what have they been doing? And this is really important. You don't have to like their creative work. Hopefully, your influences are more in the past. You're not just taking lots of influence from the people that are your peers right now in the same industry from what you're doing today. Hopefully, you have a wider source of inspiration and influence. And I'm guessing that a lot of your peers, you're not actually that impressed or excited about their work because you're doing it at the same time as them. But you don't have to love their work to notice and learn from their business and their model. How are they marketing themselves? What work are they doing? What products are they making? What, what ways have they made headspace in noisy, busy industries? Uh, the second thing you gotta say is, where is their room and movement? So in the music industry, what genres, what arenas, what physical, geographical locations, is there a groundswell? Is there stuff happening where there's still some room and there's some positive momentum? There's some movement. Actually spend the time to stop what you're doing and think about where are people making headway? All you have to do is ask yourself, in my industry, what are the people, who are the people, not what are they, they're probably human, who are the people that have had big breakthroughs in the past two years and where's the room and where's the movement in your industry. One of the things I've noticed a lot recently is there's a pattern of industry jumping. That seems like a new thing where people will start in an industry that's a little bit easier to make headway and then jump Use that as leverage to get into industries that are busy, busier and noisier. Uh, for instance, Tyco, the band Tyco, uh, Scott Hansen. Here's a guy who built his design career up all along the way, made music for designers, music instrumental stuff that works really well if you're a designer, always made a lot of his design work about his band, put his band's music on his design website and then slowly worked up through the ranks of design and then leapt off of his design career straight into a music career. And in fact, that's not just one person. I've seen at least two other people uh, do the exact same thing where they've built up a career in design and leveraged that design career to break into the music industry, which is a harder industry to break into. Another one that comes to mind is Draplin is a great example of somebody who has started to make his way into pop culture and comedy. He had uh, Aaron Draplin, if you don't know, is a logo designer, tours the United States doing these hilarious and inspiring talks. Um, and very colorful, uh, fantastic stuff. But here's a guy who's used his design career to break into all kinds of different arenas in pop culture, including places like the Mark Marin podcast, one of the biggest comedy podcasts. In fact, one of the biggest podcasts in general. 
and so here's another guy who has been leaping industries and two other people that come to mind. Another one is Tuesday Bassin, a friend of mine who has used her illustration career to leap into and make giant headway in the super noisy world of fashion. Uh, I also think of Lisa Hannawalt. Here's someone who's used an illustration career to break into the world of comedy and having her own cartoons and, and all that stuff. So one of the big trends that I see and one of the big uh, models is this idea of industry jumping. And maybe not even industry jumping, but, uh, but pairing two industries uh, in a way that's complementary for dramatic effect. Uh, another thing that you need to do is not just look at your own industry. Don't just study the people in your little pocket, but also look at other industries. For me personally, this has been extremely uh, interesting and helpful as I go to bring something new to our industry with Creative Pep Talk. At the time when I started it in 2015 or 2014, nobody was doing the type of podcast that I wanted to do. It was a business marketing podcast, a lot of the episodes being monologues and not in uh, and, and only some interviews. It was something that really wasn't done at the time. And for me, as I was pioneering a different thing, I needed to find models outside of my industry to help me bring something totally different to the place. And for me, um, the key to this is don't judge a book by its cover because a lot of these people that I'm going to mention, I would not do the exact thing that they do. I would not follow exactly in their footsteps. My personality and my tastes and my interests and beliefs are different, sometimes vastly different than the people that I'm being inspired by their business model. And actually, I think that's a good thing because that's where the good stuff is. If you can just leave the bad and take the good. So for me, I've never done Dave Ramsey's uh, Financial Peace University or whatever it is. Uh, I don't know tons about it, but I knew enough to realize that personality-wise, he reminded me of certain aspects of myself. And Creative Pep Talk really reminded me of kind of Dave Ramsey, a creative version of Dave Ramsey. So if Dave Ramsey's for your money, pizza, Andy J pizza can be for your creativity. And I learned tons from studying his business model and how he developed his business, what he did with his radio show, what he did with his school. Uh, all of that was massively influential to building this thing. Gary Vaynerchuk from marketing is another example. Another really good example of someone who, if you know Gary, uh, even just not personally, but if you just know his his uh, his shtick and all that, you know he and I are cut from very different cloths. Uh, I'm a very lovey-dovey rainbow dude who's just happy and wants to give you hugs and tell you that you're amazing and give you a you know, big squeeze and say, draw something cool. And Gary is like football, crazy, sailor, swearing, maniac dude um, who has a totally different style that doesn't actually jive with me on a personal level, but I learned so much from his brilliant marketing and the way that he built his business. Two other people that come to mind for me 
And I hope this is helping you. I'm just trying to give you an example of how uh, I looked at other people in different industries and their business models and how I applied it to what I'm doing, something totally different in a different industry. Um, which you already know because I already said that, but I just felt compelled to give you that again. Uh, but uh, Donald Miller, who used to be a writer and leveraged being a writer into creating a marketing company called Story Brand and has a podcast and did all kinds of stuff. I actually had a podcast before him although he is way more massive than me uh, and has a bigger audience. But, but he taught me a lot about myself and how to be a creative in business. Another version is Alex Bloomberg, the head of Gimlet Media, listening to the Startup Podcast episode after episode in season one. I learned tons and tons, again, about being a creative entrepreneur, someone that comes from the vision side and not from the day-to-day detail side, and try to learn from both his wins and his failures and how I approach what I'm building. And so that's kind of a way that you can look at both your industry and ask good questions and also look at other industries and learn things that you can apply to your own field. Okay, so the next step is, after you've found things in your industry and other industries, the next step, you can't just leave it there. You can't be like, okay, I found some cool stuff. Now I'm just gonna, you know, everything's fixed. You actually have to do the hard work. Like the hard work, it's hard to find those patterns. That's, that is hard. It's hard to look around and kind of notice what people are doing and what's working. But the even harder work is applying it to your own situation because you can't, I'm not asking anybody to just rip somebody off. I'm not saying that you need to just go and copy what other people are doing. In fact, if you do that, it'll actually hurt you and not help you. The real creative work and the real power of this exercise comes from taking the lessons that you learned from those patterns and reinterpreting them and reapplying them so that they match your industry, your market, your niche, your own particular voice and style. And this is not something that you do overnight. It's not something that comes easy. For me personally, I wanted to create a business and marketing podcast that is like what Creative Pep Talk is now in 20 it took me four years to figure out how to even approach it and then another year and a half to even try to really get it off the ground and figure out what it really was and all the while fighting the doubt and 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 uh, the struggle of doing something totally different and new and stepping out in that way and so the real tough work comes from not just finding those patterns but figuring out how they apply to you so let's just take that example Tycho if you don't know Tyco is instrumental, electronic, a little bit, I guess, ambient music um, with a nice little beat. I don't know, maybe it's housey. Um, Tyco, I love it. If you're a designer and illustrator, you probably heard it, probably listened to it while you're making stuff. It's that instrumental stuff that helps you get, pr- uh, it's productivity music, really. Um, but here's a guy, Tyco, uh, you know, was at the Grammys this year doing all kinds of massive, crazy stuff. Dude, when I was. This isn't just, please just ignore the fact that this is kind of like I knew him before he was cool kind of thing and just put that aside and just don't judge me. I'm trying to tell you something that's important to me, not brag. It's not really anything to brag about. Okay, anyway, so Tycho, back in the day, uh, this is like 2006 probably. I was a massive fan of Scott Hansen, a.k.a. 
Tycho, his design work. I was massively inspired by it. It was beautiful design work. And when you would go onto his design flash portfolio site, when you got there, Tycho, the band, the music would be playing. <laughs> you remember that when you'd go to a website and there'd be a little band as the soundtrack to the website? He had that. And it was his own music called Tycho. And I didn't even realize it was his music for a long time. Um, but he had that music playing and, you know, it was kind of nice, whatever. But eventually, year after year, as he makes his progress through the design world, and then he also starts to... I, I believe that it had to have started with designers loving his music. He was designing music for his community. And I could be wrong about that, but I think I'm right. And I think if you're an illustrator then maybe you need to learn from this and actually come up with a creative way. If you want to get into the music industry, how do you leverage your career in illustration? Maybe even making music for illustrators. What kind of music do illustrators need? And then market yourself to those people. Get those people on your side and start creating a groundswell, a little group of people, a mustard seed of fans that can grow into a bigger uh thing. Here's another example, okay? So if you want to get into TV, one person that I think has done some interesting stuff, um, there's two kind of examples of this, is how do you self-fund your own season if you want to be a TV writer uh, and, and do it for YouTube? Something like Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, where they did several, uh, I think it's a six-part series on YouTube that they did on their own. They probably rose they did their own version first, self-funded. Then I think they did a Kickstarter. Another example is this show called Storyblocks, which had its own season, eventually licensed to Netflix, and then I think brought on as a Netflix original. So if you want to get into TV, looking around for what are the things, what are the models that are working that I can learn from? Another one, this one is uh, one of my favorite ideas, but it could be terrible, is... Uh, <laughs> This idea, let's say you want to get into stand-up comedy. What about looking to other industries like design? Looking at design industry and looking at all the creative design conferences that have popped up over the past couple years and how that has uh, created all these amazing networking opportunities and all this uh, growth in the industry. What if there was a stand-up comedy festival? Maybe there is. Or, or, or conference, rather. Not a festival. I'm thinking there probably is a festival. But a conference? Maybe not. Maybe you could get do a stand-up uh, stand comedy conference where you get stand-ups of some uh, clout to to show up and then also you're networking networking with those people and the speakers because you're the one putting on the conference and so you're starting to use these things happening in other industries these models and applying applying them to your own all right so number one find your models number two apply it to you, do the tough work. The translation work is the tough stuff. And I tried to give you some examples, but I don't know your particular situation. And actually, sometimes you listen to this podcast, you think that's a great idea, but it doesn't apply to me. Not true at all. The whole point is that you haven't applied it to you and that the creative work and the breakthrough happens when you take a good idea and you apply it in a way that's never been done. That 
When you find, a, and it's, that's why finding models outside of your industry is so important. If you can find a model that works really well in another industry, totally different than you, and you can figure out how to apply it to your world, you will never see bigger breakthrough in your creative career than that. And that is talking from personal experience. But it's tough, it's tricky. And then after you figured out how it could apply, you get to step three, which is the trickiest point of all, which is actually doing it and don't look back. When you get to this point, you've found some interesting models. They're new things, things that are actually working. Maybe some things in your industry that have never been done. You've done the hard work to translate it and figure out how you could do it in your own industry. And then there's one more giant hurdle and it's just doing it. Because doing new things, trying out something new, it's tricky on all sorts of levels. One is your own self, your own vision and version of what it is you're supposed to be doing, what your dream was back in the day. So you're on this path and you're believing for this thing because at some point in your life you decided that you were going to try to live for the reason that you were put on this earth and not just be a cog, not just do what everybody else was going to do and really live your dream, really live your potential, really do what you're passionate about and you started off and it propelled you in a particular direction and you feel like if you try something new, if you try something kind of outside of that realm that you're betraying it and you're giving up. But I really believe that that first inclination, that first thing that you had in your gut back in the day, five years ago, 10 years ago, it was just supposed to propel you in the general direction, but your dream cannot download the entire playbook in your mind because your mind is not big enough, large enough, and the world is not in the future yet. So you just, it's like uh, going back in time and showing someone an iPhone, going back 500 years and their brain would explode. It's kind of like that. Because for me personally, a lot of people don't know this about me, but actually even before I had an illustration career, um, you know, I spent about 10 years, about eight years probably working my way up and building a nice illustration career. But even before that, when I first got started and I was just working at a part-time job in graphic design, I had a dream to, I was in the UK, I had a dream to move back to the US and start a school, some kind of facility that would help creative people live their full potential and make a good living making great art. I didn't have that part of it, but that was the idea. I didn't have that phrase, but I did have that idea idea and I was passionate about it. It was one of the core moments, one of the catalysts that got us to move back to the States, this dream. Uh, and I didn't know anything about creative pep talk. I hadn't even, I didn't know anything about it, but in my mind, it was like a physical facility, a school, because that's what I knew about at the time. And if my little universe dream thing on my shoulder said, go back to America and start a podcast. I would have said, what's a podcast? Because I didn't know. And I, and I had to go through all kinds of iterations, all kinds of pivots, all kinds of different things, um, including 
whole other careers and all kinds of experiments and projects to get to where I am right now doing what I'm doing. And actually for me, one of the biggest breakthrough moments, one of the inflection points for this podcast was about a year in, I was struggling because here I am giving myself this podcast, having some weird, interesting success things, but there's part of me that's holding back because I needed to broaden my horizon and what it looked like to live my dream. I needed to broaden my definition of what it was to do art. And I think this is a really interesting concept. It wasn't until I could see podcasts as an art form that I could really give myself to that dream fully. And I really deeply believe that people at the top of any particular art mountain, they have a reason, they have uh, uh, an inclination and a, and a, they're motivated highly to, uh, to make you disqualified in the game. They have every good reason for their own benefit to tell you what you're doing isn't art because it's a competition for them and they don't want you at the top of the mountain. They don't want you. They, uh, there's a lot of people that once they've broke through and done the hard work, and I get it. Once you've done the hard work and you've worked super hard and you actually make some progress, there's a big part of you that just wants to rest on your laurels and say, come on, I finally did it. I accomplished some stuff. But the fact of the matter is every new thing, every new business model, when it's first born in the creative world especially, is laughed at. And I think part of that is out of the intention to delegitimize it so that it's not competition. I think if you look at Picasso's career, here's a dude who uh, pioneered cubism. And when he co-pioneered cubism, it was seen as the laughing stock. It was seen as non-art. What is this garbage? This isn't art. And it didn't stop him. So what are the things holding you back because you're afraid of what people might say about this model, about this new form of creativity? And in fact, I want to push it even further. Another thing that stops you from doing it is, I'm too late on that thing. That thing was started a year and a half ago. It's already hit critical mass. You'd be surprised how long things linger. And in fact, if you're not already connected to something that has some momentum, you'll never get swept up into the current. In fact, if you want to go back to Picasso, you can see that he only created cubism from a place of being a part of an, a, a scene, a movement that where he maybe wasn't the breakthrough creative, maybe he wasn't the pioneer, he was surrounded by people that were already doing the thing of the time and it was in that movement, in that model that he met the people and he saw the ideas and he saw the next thing that was coming. So if you see a model and you're like, I'm not sure, I think the thing's already happened. If you can't find a newer model or a newer thing, jump in and get in there so that you can just start making the connections so that the next time a wave starts to peak, you can jump into that world. And in fact, if you do that, in my experience, that's how you get into your prime. 
because usually you got to learn some mistakes and do it the dumb way in the in the place where you're not going to be the pioneer, where you're not going to be the star before you step out and break out into that next season. Let me just talk in a, in ways that don't sound like fuzzy. Um, as an example, lettering, hand lettering. Here's something that. Um, who knows how long it'll last, you know, who knows how, how big it can get, how whatever. Um, I think lettering it'll be around, but obviously in the past five, six years, it's become this dramatic giant thing. It's broke out of the design and illustration industry, people all over the world, moms, mom blogs, all kinds of these different types of folks are trying lettering or interested in lettering. Nobody knew how big it could get. And I guarantee you, most of you two or three years ago thought lettering was over but you didn't know how high it could fly. And now it's all over the shop and you could have jumped in at that time and learned something. And I'm not saying you jump in just for the sake of a business model. You do, I do think you should be genuinely excited and interested. Another example, enamel pens. Enamel pens are just starting to hit the mass market. They're not, and that's only in the past six months to a year. There's still room, there's still movement. If it's still moving, if it's not stagnant, there's still something to be learned from jumping in. Maybe you're not gonna be the pen king, but at least you can learn from the kings. And as the next thing starts happening, you're already in the crowd, you already got your ear to the ground. And so don't allow this thing that says, oh, it's already been done. Don't wait for the perfect wave to come along to catch it at the very exact second. If you do that, you're just gonna miss wave after wave after wave. You're never gonna get the kind of momentum that you need to jump in. So we got sufficiently pepped out of our gourds. That's fantastic. You know how I like to get deep. I got a little bit intense. That's kind of my jam. I'm feeling it. But I just want to say uh, that I know that this is a creative pep talk. I know that it's a, a show about creativity um, and business. But, you know, I don't actually talk that much about creativity in terms of doing your art. Uh, and the reason is because I know, I kind of assume that you and I are on the same page that says good creative work is the baseline. Like you don't get to play in the game if you don't do well in tryouts and uh, you got to make good work. You got to make good work. And I don't, and the reason I don't think that, um, that, that I need to focus too much on that is A, there are tons and tons and tons of resources out there to help you learn how to use the tools and do good work and, and, and learn the craft and all that jazz. Um, you know, especially in terms of the technical stuff, I feel like there is a plethora of resources out there uh, to do that. And I just don't feel the need to go deep into that because I see so much brilliant creative work. But what I do see and what I do make this podcast to do is to speak to the fact that there are so many amazing, insanely great creative people doing good creative work that are stuck in the wrong places with no work in bad situations that they shouldn't be in, pounding on a door to an abandoned building. And I want to get real with you right now. I get to meet, you know, I've been doing a lot more speaking gigs. We just did the Creative Pep Rally. I get to meet lots and lots of amazing creative people. 
And there have been so many times when I'm genuinely in tears, holding back tears because of these people that are so thoroughly fantastic but cannot find their way in. And nothing breaks my heart quite like uh, a creative person pounding on the door at the gate of a ghost town, spending their entire life pounding on the wrong door. And it just tears me up. I hate seeing that wasted potential because they didn't find an updated map. They didn't find an updated model to break in to their industry because they focused all of their time and energy on making better creative work instead of using just a little bit of that time and energy, thinking about the business, thinking about the marketing, thinking of how to posture their work in the marketplace, uh, and just broadened their views a little bit on what it meant to live their dream. And so... uh, If that is you today, if you find yourself in a place where you're frustrated with the results that you're getting, if you're in a place where you've been mastering the craft for the past 10 years, but you don't feel like you're using, uh, you don't feel like you're making any progress, if you feel like you're going to a destination that you're trying to get to, but you're using a map where all the roads are named the wrong thing and you keep getting lost, I hope that you take a little bit of time to pause, step away, reflect, ask some of these tough questions, do some of the tough work. You know, I heard Christoph Neiman, the illustrator, the brilliant illustrator, um, talk about this in the 99U talk I think he gave. Um, It's one of his talks online. He talks about uh, this idea that great creative work happens when you're willing to really bang your head against the wall. And I remember at the time thinking the dude uh, was being, you know, making very broad sweeping general statements and remember thinking, you know, I do a lot of work that I like that doesn't require me, uh, you know, bashing my head against the wall and really digging down deep into that churning, uh, gut churn place and working it out. But over the years, I've found that the more willing that I am to step back, dive deep, stare off into space, think super hard about the work that I'm doing, uh, the more likely I am to find fresh, real, creative work and in this season of our lives in the season of our humanity we are bombarded with so much distraction it's part of the reason i love to stay up or i get love to get up really early hours before anybody else and do my best creative work before anybody's texting me before anything's going off before any email needs to be sent before any deadline and just do the real work and part of the real work isn't the creative work It's the creative project of your career. And so if you find yourself in that place, if you find yourself lost using old maps, I hope you use this episode as an encouragement to step away. Ask yourself to find the patterns, the models that can help act as a roadmap and figure out 
that creative process of how to apply these models to your old, to your new career, <laughs> your old industry. Because I don't want you to be one of these people that spend the next 30 years of your life pounding on a door to the model, to the career of Bob Dylan. That thing's gone. The third eye blind career, that, that model, it's gone. Sufjan Stevens, that model's gone. Find new models that'll work for today. Now that is some epic creative business pep talking, if I, if I do say so myself. Uh, well, big thanks to uh, Metavari for all the in-between tunes like the one you're hearing right now. Big old-fashioned shout-out to, uh, <laughs> to Y, the lead singer of Y, Yoni Wolf, who lets me use their music for this here uh, theme music for the show is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I don't know what I'm getting weird after recording myself talk talking for so long. Goodness gracious, it's time to sign out. Uh, so thanks to you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the love and support. Thanks for the people that went to Creative Pep Rally. I love you guys so much. You guys are the absolute best. We had such a friggin' fantastic time. Thanks for coming out. Thanks to Danielle Evans. Thanks to Kyle Sheely. Thanks to Brad Montague. And thanks to my sweet, sweet wife, Sophie uh, Miller, for helping me make that possible. I'll let you know if we're going to do it again and when and how so that you can be involved. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I love this audience. I love this passion, this project. Love hearing from you. I uh, hope I get to run into you sometime and uh, talk shop. All right, guys, uh, you know what I'm going to say. Do whatever it takes to uh, stay pepped up. Peace.